Dr. Madiri, does language dictate culture, in your opinion? Um, partly and really only partly. I mean, insofar as, as uh, has been pointed out, uh, many African people live in two worlds, right? They live in their home culture and in the master culture, the cultures that they uh, come through the colonial experience, English and Afrikaans. So um, partly, but for an institution like us, um, uh, it, it is important to understand the implications of language go beyond even the learning experience. So for example, they affect staff composition because had we maintained a 50-50 English Afrikaans dispensation, that would have meant that you would have needed to appoint more Afrikaans speaking lectures. Speaking Afrikaans would have been a requirement which would have, for the most part, translated into white staff members. Um, that's the first thing. Secondly, in most of the Afrikaans classes, very, uh, particularly in Pretoria, there, was, there were white-only classes. And that, that has serious implications for some of the material some of us want to teach, you know, because you're teaching lawyers who are going to be serving all kinds of clients and all kinds of communities. If their four years or five years of learning are situated in white-only spaces, those are serious, serious problems. And they do produce secondary cultural problematics, certain kinds of cultural assumptions about the other uh, and difference which can be allayed if everybody's in the same class and deals with the historical contradictions of our society face-to-face as opposed to as opposed to separately. So the question of language is absolutely important as part of how does a society remake itself after uh, so many years of, of, of really uh, tragic and violent forms of oppression and, and brutalization, you know. Um, but, but surely it could be said that... that uh, I don't. I, I'm going to need to choose my words very carefully mm. here. But surely this could be. Um, the, 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 there is an argument that could be made that this is reverse oppression. Mm. No, I don't think the argument could be made that it's reverse oppression. <laughs> uh, in part, as as has been pointed out, because the majority of students here at UP are not first language English speakers. Okay. okay. So we're not. It's we're not favoring a group here. We're we're really making a fairly pragmatic okay. turn here. Yeah. Prof Kupé. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say that really as South Africans and not just South Africans as Africans. We all, uh, in a sense, trading in a language that is not of our choice mm. and of our, whether it's Portuguese, French, mm. or English, right? Mm. The, thing, the distinct and interesting things about Africans is that it was developed within this context. Mm. But unfortunately, it was then tied by some, not all Africans, people, mm. not all Africaners, to an oppressive racist system. And remember, not every person who was African was racist. The Africans people fought for or the struggle for democracy, right? So decoupling Africans from that historical legacy and putting it into the larger pot of languages we can choose as Africans mm-hmm. is our real challenge. And we must approach that with positivity within a, a democratic constitutional framework. Because? Um, yeah, so I think that we, what we just have to do is we have to refrain from um, defining Afrikaans or e- equating it to whiteness because mm-hmm. what you'll find is that more than half um, of Afrikaans speakers are in fact not white. So mm-hmm. if we see at, uh, at the university space that most Afrikaans speakers are white, then we have to ask the question, okay, well, where are those other Afrikaans speaking uh, yeah. students going to or are they going to university at all? Um, yeah, so that's what I want to say. And then also on the question that you raised of um, reverse oppression, I don't think it can be seen as reverse oppression uh, unless you go into people's homes and force them to not speak Afrikaans. I think that would maybe be oppression. But I do think it is a step backwards in terms of uh, what this country has set out to develop all languages uh, in a tertiary academic level. So what I think is that we actually have a lot, a, a lot built up already to accommodate an Afrikaans uh, curriculum at the university. So now we are removing that and now Prof. Kupi said, okay, maybe one day we can move into a space where we've got a bunch of different languages at the university again. So I do think that wouldn't it just be better to go from now, go forward with more languages and then we don't have to waste all of those resources in 20 years time to rebuild Afrikaans to where it was already. 
Prof Kupian, what are your what are your feelings? No, I think that is that that argument is 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 not flawed if you like. But here, remember the multiple contradictions you had to hold in, partly because of an unfortunate coupling in the past, and also the fact that even if you could go on with with Africans, people will be saying, "But when are you ever going to start with some African languages as well?" Mm -hmm. So you're happy to go with this, but you do not want to create an equalization situation. Like I said before, choosing English is pragmatic and has its downsides as mm -hmm. well, especially mm -hmm. if it delays us. That is why I said we shouldn't sleep on the job. From this year onwards, we should put up language experts. So how do you preserve what we had already done in Africans, mm. right? Second, how do you begin to choose one or two African languages and speedily mm. develop an academic language, a research language, and use it? Because this is the interesting thing. When our, all of us here go back home and speak other languages mm. that we grew up with. But the reality of society is a multiplicity and multilingualism. Mm. But in academic institutions, we are in this sort of pastor pragmatic way we're trying to use English on. I think we shouldn't delay our own development. Multilingualism, multipluralism, democracy, it goes like that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to say that when I go home and I speak Vendor at home. Um, <laughs> no. Okay, all right. So um, this, this ties in beautifully with the, with, with the final point that we're going to raise today, and that is the, 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 the point of inclusivity.